Jesus. Lord, have your way in our life today. Come on, I want everyone to pray out loud. Dear Jesus, speak to my life. Speak to my heart today. Change my life. In your precious name, amen. Do you believe that this morning? The Lord wants to speak to you. What did you come expecting today? What did you come expecting today? Turn somebody to your right and say, what are you expecting this morning? Your right or your left, what are you expecting this morning? Did you come to just have church as usual this morning? Did you come to watch your pastor entertain you or your worship team entertain you? Come on, did you hear me this morning? Did you come to be entertained and tickled this morning? Or did you come to have an encounter with Jesus? I hope you came for an encounter with the Lord today. Well, for those who don't know, uh, we had myself and a few folks were out this week again ministering in uh, revival meetings in Illinois. We had our uh, women's retreat. So we're just going to take some time for testimonies this morning. And I, have a, I just have a feeling that things, it's just going to overflow on you this morning. So it may, it may look a little bit different, but you need to get your drinking straws out. Everybody just, just get your drinking straws out and just have a drink this morning. You're just going to have a drink as we share the goodness. The Bible says that testimony, that, that as, the, as we share about the testimony of Jesus, everybody say the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This mic's just a little bit hot, like even just touching it, it's, it's hot. So the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So as we testify today, we're we are sharing the testimony of Jesus. We're prophesying. So I want you just to, to just drink in today. Um, I'm going to ask, um, uh, let's see, Mike and Brandon, if y'all want to come up and just share, and then I'll, I'll talk about what's happening and, and give you a little bit more detail on the revival meetings. I, God's up to something. There's something, something is stirring, something in this season of the, not just here, but in the church at large, God is moving, there's something happening. And I want to encourage you, I don't want, I don't want churches, no, I'm done with churches normal. And, um, you know, if you're hungry, uh, the key is hunger. The key is hunger, expectation. Humbling yourself before the Lord and praying. This isn't, there's nothing new to receiving from the Lord. There's nothing new to stepping in. This is, he, he gives us the same instruction time and time again in Scripture. There's nothing new to this. And I want to encourage you to step in. I want to encourage you to press in, step in, and all that God has for you. Well, I'm glad three or four of you agree with me. That's, that's good news. I, I, I mean, I can't make it happen for you. I can't make it happen for you. You, you ever hold, heard the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink? Well, I've, I've got great news for you. There's a river that's flowing. You get to drink. So, anyway, Mike, why don't you come on up?
Okay. Well, I'm really tired. It's, it's hard work up here. I was watching. I was watching. B, I, C. There's a couple over here going the opposite way. He hit her right in the jaws. <laughs> anyway, so in my six-passenger car, we had five people in it, and uh, that didn't leave room for a guitar. So I went a whole four days or so. And I was messed up by the time I got home. I had to get one out and play as soon as I walked in the door. So this morning was really great for me. So anyway, you know, everybody expresses their worship in different ways. And that's the way, one of the ways, one of the many ways that I express mine. So um, uh, Pastor Heather mentioned, was it a week ago, 10 days ago? I don't remember what service it was, Pastor Heather, about, about um, quotes being lowered. Who remembers? Anybody remember that? See, now somebody prophesies. Sometimes it's important to write things down or your own testimony. When you're praying, you're praying. Prayers are answered. And if you don't write it down, you get a response like, how is that? I got dead silence. So anybody remember about that? Well, here's the deal. We last week found out that we had some electrical issues that needed to be addressed to the tune of, of lots of money. And uh, it was either do it or the house could burn down and we were out of code. And if it burned down, the insurance wouldn't pay because we were out of code But by some, some people that had done some wrong things in the past. Now, while I was uh, out west with the group, Tony uh, let me know that that quote had been lowered by $900. So, so I was excited. I, I was probably more excited than you. So... Uh, so Wednesday night was, yeah, Wednesday night, Wednesday night in, in Bethalto there, uh, as soon as uh, they called for the altar, I'd, I'd been drinking water, and as soon as people stood up, I headed for the door, if you get my drift. Um, and when I came back in, the altars were completely full, and I'm wanting to get prayer and I'm trying to figure this out because I don't know all these, well, I don't know any of them, these people. And I'm trying to figure out how do I get up there close enough to, to get prayed for? Well, I'm sure they would eventually get to me. But anyway, I spot, I spot Nick and, uh, and Noah, Pastor Brandon's kids. And I thought, well, I can act like I'm the grandpa and work my way up to those kids. <laughs> so people were all over the place. I walk in. And they're not organized. I mean, there are some laying this way and some laying that way. And so I'm coming in, you know, you know, trying to get up there to those boys. And I came up, I put my arms around so everybody would think I wasn't being obnoxious by pushing my way up that I was trying to get to the boys. So anyway, then I start this stuff in my head. You know, am I going to fall? Am I going to, uh, right now, Holy Spirit, I want, you know, I want you, but I'm not, if, if pastor comes by, am I going to just stand here? Or am I, while I'm thinking all this, somebody touched me, and boom. And, <laughs> and they've got really, one thing they've got there, they've got really good catchers. Now, I've been missed here a couple times, you know. <laughs> but I was just lowered down gently. And I'm lying there, and you know, and uh, you know, it was great. And then for a while, I'm just praying. And then I started to get up, and somebody touched me, and I went, here's the thing, um, the care group I'm in, people will know that I say all the time, why in the Bible do they always fall on their face, and why do I always fall on my back? 
So I had been thinking about that while I was lying on my back. So when I start to get up, somebody touched me, and I went straight down on my face into the carpet. <laughs> and I'm lying there, and I'm thinking, okay, God, this isn't funny. <laughs> and he's saying, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, am I going to have a rug burn here and here? I mean, I was face-planted right in the carpet. All right, so while I'm there, there's a song being sung, and it's uh, worthy of it all. And it's big and full and filling the whole house. And as I'm lying there, I have never had a vision in my life. And uh, so I'm lying there, face down. And I can hear the, the worship team, but it sounds like a lot more voices than the worship team. And then I figure, okay, there's people all around me. There's people in the congregation. But there were more voices than was all around me and in the congregation. Plus, everybody was in tune. And I thought, <laughs> okay. So, so I could hear this. I mean, it was big and full. And it, is, and it was just those words, you are worthy of it all. And uh, anyway... As I'm lying there and I'm hearing this, it's swelling and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Not in a painful way, but in an em enveloping way. And then, for the first time in my life, I had this vision and I could see a, a super bright light that wasn't painful. It was just bright. And I could see, I knew who it was. I mean, I don't know how to explain this. I knew it was Jesus standing just to the right of dead center of this. And I couldn't see his face. I re couldn't really see his form. It was just like a shadow there that I knew who it was. And I'm, I'm seeing this, and I'm hearing this song, and I'm thinking, this is the most incredible thing ever. And then it starts to fade, and I was desperate to hang on to it. And uh, so... You know, I'm praying, and I'm thinking, and, and, um, and I'm thinking, okay, this is something that was meant for that moment, and it was a glimpse of heaven that I've never had before. Now, I only had one problem after that, and that is in Joel and in Acts, it says, the old men will dream dreams, and the young men will see visions. So I figure either we're not in the last days, or I'm still young. I choose to believe we're in the last days and I'm still young. <laughs> Whoo, thank you, Jesus. Man, the Lord is moving. The Lord is moving. The Lord is moving. Amen? Come on. The Lord is moving. Not, uh, not just in Bethalto, not just in re revival services, but the Lord is doing something in the body of Christ. The Lord is there. We, we have the opportunity to step into it and just join hands with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, with Jesus and step into what he's doing. Amen? Yeah. Awesome. So I love testimonies. I love testimony services because my Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Right. And so I think that, you know, if it, the Lord encouraged me this week as well, that, uh, you know, you need to overcome some things. Testify. You need to overcome, testify of my goodness, testify of what I'm doing, share about my goodness, share about what I'm doing, share about what the Lord is doing. I, I promise you, I promise you, because the Lord's, the Lord's word won't return void. 
I promise you that your circumstance will change, that your situation will change, that all of a sudden something that looked impossible is going to be overcome and you're not fighting any of it. You're not doing any of it. All you're doing is testifying to what the Lord's doing. Amen? Awesome. So God is moving. Um, so the level of anticipation, I, I, think, I think that was one of the major things that stuck out to me this week was the level of anticipation. And Pastor talked about it earlier. What are you anticipating today? What are you coming expecting today? The level of expectation and anticipation, uh, not just in the church, but in our team, in the team that went, it was absolutely through the roof. It was absolutely off the charts, man. You pulled onto the property and it was like there was already a draw that was starting to happen. There was already a pulling on the anointing that was, that was starting to happen. There was all, like you could, you could feel it as soon as you pulled onto the parking lot that somebody was anticipating that God was going to show up and meet them in, in that service. So what are we anticipating? What are we expecting here this morning? So uh, there was multiple things really cool that happened, uh, you know, and, and we don't, we don't, again, glorify the signs, we don't glorify the happenings and all that, but man, I just thought it was really cool. God is really cool, you know that? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, you know, walking and following, uh, you know, pastor and, and entering into worship and doing all the things, and, and all of a sudden the Lord, like, quieted me, and he was like, pay attention. Look what's going on. Just pay attention. And I looked out and there was like the cloud, you know, there was like the glory cloud. And it was really cool. It was like swirling through. You could see it moving. You could see it happening. Uh, there was at one point where uh, somebody, I think it was Pastor uh, Desmond had said, uh, everybody raise your hands and worship. Everybody raise your hands and worship. And as soon as everybody raised their hands and worship, there was like a physical wind that blew through the congregation. It was phenomenal. Never experienced something like that before. It was awesome. But God, right? But God. It just, just takes God to get you out of, your, out of your head a little bit, to get you out of your box a little bit. The, you know, we, we expect certain things, and sometimes they don't look how we anticipated them to come out. But God. So a few times in the midst of all the things, the ministry, we had uh, a wonderful uh, Jezebel encounter while we were there. We had a, a wonderful uh, time of ministry and expectations. We had, you know, all the things. Revival uh, brings out the best, right? It brings out the best. And uh, through all of those encounters and all of the things and covering and prayer and, and intercession and, and walking through and ministering, I started to question just a little bit. And it's funny, you know, sometimes when we're walking through things and we're doing things in the moment, we can still question things in the moment right? Am I the only one that questions some things in the moment? Like, you know, you're on your job or, or you're doing ministry or, or you're here at the altar expecting, you know, prayer and, or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you're having a conversation. All of a sudden you start questioning right and the brain kicks in and your head starts asking a million questions. And, um, so I started questioning some things. I'm like, God, wow. Am I, are we really doing that? Like what's happening? What's going on? You know, trying to be sensitive of all the things. And, uh, and I started getting a little nervous. I started getting a little nervous because I had never encountered some specific things that had happened. And all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me of Scripture in 1 John 4.18. Um, 1 John 4.18 tells me that there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Just let me love you, 
just let me love you, and, and really just yielded to the Holy Ghost, and really just yielded to the Spirit, and just let Jesus love in that moment, right? Just let Jesus, and all of a sudden, all the fear left, all the questioning left, all the concerns left, everything, was, there was nothing in question because it was Jesus, because my eyes shifted from what was happening to just focusing on Jesus, just focusing on the presence, just focusing on what he was doing. Um, wow. There was a few times um, that it was pretty remarkable that I, I felt, um, I heard this from others as well, uh, but I felt that as we were ministering and all the things that were happening in worship that you ever, you ever feel like when you have your eyes closed or you're paying attention to something else and you just feel somebody walk up right next to you? And they just kind of stand there and you're aware that they're there? Like it's a part, you know, you're aware that they're standing right there? That happened multiple times and I would open my eyes and I was like, wait, there's nobody in front of me. What's going on? There's nobody in front of me. But it was. There was. There was multiple times where Jesus, Holy Ghost, Jesus, would walk up right in front of me and say, hey, I got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got you. I've got this. I'm good at what I do. I've got it. And gave everybody exactly what they needed in exactly the time that they needed it for the exact purpose that they needed it for the exact reason to display his glory for his plan. Amen? It was absolutely phenomenal. So my, my life has been changed this week. My life has been transformed again, 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 again. I feel like I got baptized in the Holy Ghost again. I feel like I got saved again. I feel like all the things, like I feel I'm like, Jesus, I thought I was on fire before. I thought I loved you before. I thought I knew you before, but, but there's more. But there's more, and he showed it all week. He showed it all week. There's more. There's more. So I want to encourage y'all this morning, step in. Step in, anticipate, yield to the Holy Ghost. He's got it. And there's more. There's more, there's more, there's more. Always more. Okay. Pastor just reminded me as well. Sorry. But there's, wait, wait, but wait, there's more. <laughs> right? Modern day information. Okay, so Pastor was actually uh, preaching about the, uh, the ten virgins. Right? The parable of the ten virgins. And um, that, that in part of it, when you read it, <clears throat> that the uh, ten, I'm sorry, the five foolish versions were trimming their wicks. They didn't have any oil, right? Y'all remember the story? They didn't have any oil, but yet they were still trimming the wick. And I'm thinking like, why, why are they trimming the wick? Why are they trimming the wick? And he, he brought out the Holy, Holy Spirit, <laughs> brought out an amazing revelation because the five foolish versions were anticipating that they were going to get the handout from the wise. The five wise virgins had not only their oil, but they brought reserves with them. They brought enough they brought more than enough. And the five foolish, they said, you know what? Y'all got to go buy your own oil. Y'all, you got to go get your own oil. And I found it fascinating in the, in the fact that, that they still trimmed their wicks. 
It wasn't the same anticipation that the five whys had in the fact that we are going to trim our wicks, we're going to fill our lamps, we're going to be able to have it burn, we're going to be able to go, and it's going to be awesome because we came prepared, right? But, but the five foolish trimmed their wicks in anticipation of getting the handout from the wise. And the Lord spoke in that moment and said, it's okay, it's okay to say no. It's okay to protect your oil. It's okay to protect the anointing that's on your life. It's okay to protect the wick that's on your life. It's okay to protect the fire that's on your life. It is okay to protect what God has given you in preparation for the calling that he has on your life. It's okay to say no. So I don't know if y'all needed to hear I needed to hear that. So it's okay. So... Uh, Pastor Brandon referenced Jezebel and a couple things, so I'll, I'll just highlight for you uh, what was happening and just make it a matter of prayer for you and such. Uh, but a couple of quick testimonies. There was a, um, it was, the expe- I agree with everything that's been said. The level of expectation was um, the atmosphere. I think I said it last time. The atmosphere was charged with, with expectation. You walk in the building, and there was a level of expectation and faith that was just off the chart. Of course, the presence of the Lord was um, amazingly um, sweet and powerful in all the things, um, all the descriptors you could think of from the, from the cloud to the sense of the fire, and uh, it was very hard to even stand up to minister to people. Uh, it, was, it was very powerful night, uh, all three nights. Um, Monday night was... Um, Monday night, uh, there, we've done, this is now the fourth or fifth round that we've had, the, I think it was the fourth round that we've had meetings there, um, and um, great news is we're going to do it again in May, so if you haven't, uh, haven't booked your calendars, we'll let you know what the dates are going to be in May so that you can make arrangements to go, but um, God's moving, I would encourage you to go if you're able to arrange your schedule to be there. Um, <laughs> you, won't, you won't be sad you made time to go. You won't ever be sad that you made time to be in the presence of the Lord. But um, God is up to something, and I would encourage you to come be a part and see what happens. But um, there was a gentleman, Tuesday, Tuesday night's always miracle healing night, although we pray for that every time. Um, but, but Tuesday night's an emphasis. There were so many people in the building Tuesday night. The main floor was packed. Um, and even, I think at one point, Pastor Jacob, the senior pastor, even asked, you know, how many of you, this is your first time uh, being here, or, you know, have you been here before? And a majority of the crowd was their first time. So it was incredible. They, I asked Pastor Jacob and Pastor Desmond's the associate, I asked after, I said, do you know who all these people were? And they said, we have no clue. <laughs> Don't even know how they heard about it. <laughs> Don't even know what's happening. Um, it was quite, and, and again, another sign, you know God's moving, word, I mean, we're, word's getting out of what's happening, and um, so we had, had that, Tuesday night was, was healing, miracle night, um, I think the gentleman that I'm thinking of was in the prayer line on Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night was anointing, again, it's, we've kind of picked up a pattern in the middle of what God's doing, Tuesday night's miracles, Wednesday night's anointing, oil night, everyone we anoint with oil, Pray over everyone. It's anointing night, and uh, the, there was a guy there. I think he was at Wednesday night, 
He was to have a procedure, yes, on Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning. He had AFib. His heart was out of, out of order, out of sync. And so he had gotten in the prayer line on Wednesday night for healing because he, had the, he was getting his heart shocked on uh, Wednesday morning, so or Thursday morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have the AFib thing? Yeah, so um, he got in prayer line on Wednesday night. He was under the power for a while. Uh, on the floor, got up, went to the doctor on Thursday morning. They did the test to see how his heart was. They said, your heart's back in rhythm. You don't need the procedure. Go home. You're fine. So totally, totally here. Of course, that's on top of, of course, we already know, you know, the babies, if you didn't hear the testimony about the baby's intestines getting healed, powerful. The intestines were closing in on themselves. Uh, And after 17 days of of issues, the baby was totally healed. And and I checked in. Baby has not had any issues since that service. Totally healed. Totally healed. Of course, then the the pastor's wife was totally healed. And, you know, evidence of the healing. These are are doctor-confirmed. All of these are doctor-confirmed reports of healing. Um, the, the pastor's wife, they, you know, the, she should have had a problem. They went in, did exploratory surgery, and there was remnants that she should have been sick, but she wasn't. She was healed. Um, so all of the things, I mean, one right after the other. There was a gentleman in the prayer line. He messaged me, um, I guess, I don't know what day it was. This week runs together. I don't know what day it is, but I know today's Sunday. But anyway, he messaged me, let me know. He had gotten in the prayer line. He needed a car, couldn't get a car. The next day, he walked into the dealership and got exactly what he needed, $10,000. He had it, everything he needed, walked in and got the car. It was a supernatural blessing. Um, There was another guy in the prayer line, just giving you the, I don't even know all the stories. These are the ones I've been told, um, I've been passed along. Uh, but there was there was another guy. I think it was on Wednesday night. He was in the prayer line, and it was it's funny. You know, you just as pa- as an evangelist, as a pastor, you kind of just watch what God does, and you just step in. And it was funny. On one side of the church, we were praying for people, and the I mean, it was like the power of God was just knocking people to the floor. And it was powerful. On the other side of the church, it was more like saturation, prophetic words. I mean, every everybody on that side of the building had a some sort of word of knowledge, a prophetic word one night. And uh, this guy was in there, he's a young guy, and uh, I, I have a rule that I teach people, and that is don't ever prophesy about babies or marriages, unless you know the person, you know it's the Lord, because it can cause a lot of strife and a lot of issues, and so that's just a personal thing that you better know that you 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 know that you've heard from God, because you don't want to step into something, cause something that you've missed, you know, of course that's with anything, but especially babies and marriages and things like that. So that's my general rule, but the Holy Spirit just kept bugging me for this guy about he was going to have more babies, and I struggled because I was like, Lord, you know my rule. <laughs> so, and, and, and he assured me, and so he, you know, in, in the Lord's fashion gave me, you know, not only scripture, but basically laid out this whole word for me before I started sharing it so that I would know that I had heard from him and that I was comfortable sharing the specifics. So I shared with this, I said, I told the man, I said, I feel like God's telling me that you're going to have more babies. I realized, and, uh, and then it just, you know, the, how the Holy Spirit does. He just kind of takes over and gives you what to say in the moment. And um, 
started sharing about his wife and how there was tension between him and his wife about this, but the Lord was going to deal with it. He's already speaking to her, that he bottles every tear that she cries. I mean, it was on and on and on and on. And not only is there, not only going to have more babies, but they need a job change in order to have more money to accommodate more babies, and that God was going to change his job, change his career so that he could, um, or not change his career, but change his job so that he could have more money, and that a new house was coming in order for them to accommodate. I mean, it was specific, laid out, like you're going to, like all this thing. And I'm like, woo, Jesus, that was a pretty detailed word when we got done. And he's just laughing, you know, he's just standing there laughing. And so I, you know, pray for him. He's on the floor and we move on. And in the, in the back um, room after the pastor had been following me through, at some point he had heard what was being said. And uh, he said, I, I want to show you a text message that he sent me, that that guy sent me this morning. And he was offered a new job. He, he, he was offered a new job that very day, a uh, new position at his job that very day, more money, increase all the things. So he, and he had asked the pastor for prayer because he didn't know if he was supposed to take the job or not. <laughs> and so he's in the prayer line. <laughs> and this guy from Ohio knows nothing about the situation, tells him, you're going to get a new job. So he accepted the new job. He got the new job. Post, post story, he took the job. And uh, I don't know about the babies. That's between him and his wife. That, I, just said, I just said, have fun trying, you know, have fun with it. But I don't know the, I don't know the specifics. But, but one of the people in the, in the ministry team told me, uh, you know, kind of confirmed the story that, yes, there's a long story there. And everything that you said was right on and exactly what he needed to hear. But anyway, so it was a, it was a powerful, powerful time. Um, those are just a couple of the testimonies, things that were, you know, again, that we know of. Uh, the Jezebel thing, be praying. You know, I've uh, been in a lot of different meetings and a lot of different churches. And uh, anytime God starts moving, the devil always wants to bring counterfeit and uh, wants to try to stop the flow of what God is doing. How many of you know? The enemy always wants to stop the work of God. It's, this is not, shouldn't be a surprise to any of us. And um, we were, uh, on Monday night, I, I've, again, I've dealt with a lot of different things, but Monday night I actually felt the weight of what was happening. I actually had a very hard time focusing as I was preaching because there was such a reality of the weight of witchcraft and the spirit of Jezebel. Uh, there was a particular person that had come in uh, to try to stop of what God was doing, trying to influence and affect the service. Um, we were able to move on um, in the service. You know, we worshiped our way and had victory. It was awesome. Um, but then uh, on Tuesday, this person started acting out, uh, and it escalated, and to the degree that the pastor was involved, and some of the church, I mean, they're on it, their security team, and ushers, and all the people are on it, and they were handling some of the issues that were coming, uh, but then she created some more issues, it was, you know, a lady started to create more issues on, on Wednesday, um, to the degree now the, the police are involved and in, in providing some protection for the church and the pastoral team. It's, you know, all of those things. It's, none of that should shock us or surprise us. You know, it's just the enemy. And uh, so I look at that and I say, God's moving. Things are happening. The devil's trying to stop it. And uh, we're just going to, I want you to, if you uh, think about it this week, 
pray for Pastor Jacob in the church. They're, um, of course, they're handling all of the things that are going on. But um, again, you know, it's encouraging on one side. <laughs> As a pastor walking through that, it's another thing. It's encouraging because you know that God's on the move and you know that, you know, it's a, you see the signs and the wonders. You see his presence. You see God touching your people. You see things happening. You see people getting born again. All of the things that are, you know, you know you're on, on the right track. Um, and then when you see those kinds of things, you walk through it, you deal with it, it affects you. You know, um, Pastor Jacob is, is very caring, he's, he's a shepherd, and he wants to do everything he can to help people. Uh, and so it's, it becomes a, it's a real problem <laughs> as a pastor when your uh, family is under attack and your church is under attack, you, you take it very personal. And uh, so we want to pray for him. Amen? So I do want to encourage you. My wife's coming. She's going to share some testimonies and things about the women's retreat. But I want to encourage you to make plans in May to go. We'll give you the dates. Probably be the first part of May uh, when we go. But if you're able to go, I would encourage you to do that, to make plans to be there and be a part of what God's doing. Awesome. If I can get the lady pastors and ministers to come on up, Carol and Pastor Angie, Pastor Grace. And while they're on their way up, if you came on women's retreat, I would like you to stand right where you are. We had a good old time. We had a good old time and Jesus showed up and he changed a bunch of lives, every single one. There's a lot of women that are out in the back in the nursery as well that were there. But we had a Holy Ghost showdown with, on some night. Some night. It all runs together. We had like three and four hour services. So um, can we just have a little dance, ladies? Celine, what did we do? We shake in the fire. Truth will set you free. In the fire. Thank you, Jesus. I uh, purposely put our women on the spot and didn't let them know they were going to share. You know, we had a, we did, we got away, and we encountered Jesus. We got away, and we met with the lover of our souls. And um, the way he meets us is always fresh. It's always right on time. And I want to encourage you right where you are today. If you're sitting there going, yeah, this is all great. Y'all got, got to go to Illinois. Y'all got to go to women's retreat. What about me? He's right on time for you today. He's right on time for where we're at in this building today. And there's a fresh wind through these testimonies. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I want you to tune in. Don't go back. Don't go to sleep. I want you to tune in and catch the wave of the Holy Ghost in these testimonies. <laughs> hello. Hello, all. 
How you doing out there? Y'all awake? All right, there we go. That's a little better. All right, so y'all with me? Okay. Um, so it was a fantastic weekend, as Pastor Heather said. I mean, start to finish, even after I got home last night, on the way home, I was still getting downloads, um, still getting downloads. I walked in, Brad met, met me, helped me with my stuff, and I'm like, I'm going to have to put my stuff away. I can't really talk to you about it right now. I'm, I'm still working it out, still working it out. So he is so good. He is so good. So, um, I think it was, my days are also running together. I'm going to say it was Friday night, I think, Friday night. And we were, had just gotten done with a small group. We were talking through our, our new book on prayer. And, which, yeah, so, so many downloads. So, uh, just gotten through with that. And um, I get a text, you know, from one of my girls and uh, so let me, let me back up. The past few weeks have been, I am always someone who very easily, I think, I mean, I love the presence of Jesus. I do, I think, practice his presence. I don't want to try to be prideful, but I love his presence. I get up in the morning thinking about Jesus. I go to bed at night thinking about Jesus. I love Jesus. I want him part of my life, every move I make, every decision I make. So I, you know, I'm good with that, right? The past few weeks have kind of rocked my world and have been difficult for me. Um, there's a situation with uh, one of my girls with their health, and it's, it's serious, and I'm going to cry. <sighs> I'm going to cry. It's all right. But uh, I was... In the group, I got a text from her telling me, again, reminding, you know, what she was going through, and it just hit again just how serious this is. Um, and, it, you know, it hit home that this, this really and truly is, uh, whether I want to say it out loud or not, it's a life or death situation. And, uh, I was a mess. I went into the room. I encouraged my daughter. You know, I went into the room, and I thought, I don't want to be here. I don't think I've ever thought that before. I didn't want to be at that, in that room. I didn't want to worship. I didn't want to be there. What I wanted to do was run away, go in my room, be by myself, and cry. That's what I wanted to do, just completely being transparent. I was heartbroken, and I was scared. And you know what? It's okay. I'm allowed. So are you. But he, he doesn't let us stay there. So I'm in that room, and I didn't want to be there, and I'm having this conversation with Jesus, telling him I don't want to be there. And he's not giving me an out. And I'm like, I, I, don't want, I can't just leave. And I really can't just leave because he's not letting me leave. So I'm like, I guess I got to stay here. And guys, I'm not even kidding. This was my conversation with my Savior. And I'm like, all right, all right. I'm going to press in, right? What choice do I have at this point? I'm going to press in. 
and I did. I pressed in, and I stayed there, and I didn't move, and it was hard. It wasn't easy to press through that. It wasn't easy to, to, to shut off those thoughts that wanted to pull me back out of his presence, but I, I did. I managed to press through that wall, and it, it was at the, it got to the point, I was pressing and pressing and pressing, and suddenly I was like, oh, I'm not pressing anymore. This is so cool. I was fully enveloped in him, and he met me in a brand new way I've never experienced before. He refilled me. He was with me. Never, ever have I experienced this with him. And he met me, and he downloaded and downloaded and downloaded, but he met me. He met me. And those things that were burdening me, yeah, they're still there, right? They're still there, but I know I have him. I know he's in control. I know what he downloaded. I know he met me. It's so real. I, so I, um, he reminded me, I'm going to give you some scripture here, and I happened to win a prize, the Passion Translation, right before. So also God, right? Thank you. So I want to read, um, God reminded me when I was there on the floor um, that night when I had wanted to run away. Um, Psalm 91. It was a psalm he had given to me, a scripture he had given to me years before, decades if I'm being honest, about my girls. Um, and it was because I was leaving them to go on a missions trip. And I did not want to leave them. But I knew I was supposed to go. So again, I was arguing with Jesus. I guess I do this a lot. And he assured me that he had them. That he had them. And so I'm going to read it. It's Psalm 91. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me the only God for me in my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy, and he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. And this is one of my favorite parts. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. So now I have the privilege of picturing my daughter under those massive wings protecting her. And here's what else I want you to understand. Press in. Do not settle for less. Don't sit. Don't sit in your pew when things are happening up here. The river is here, y'all, okay? So what does that take? Remember when I said I was pressing in? That was action. You can't just stand there. You got to press in. So that might mean you got to get up. You got to come down here and you got to be okay. You got to be okay with whatever he says. I didn't want to be there, but I did. And you know what else he revealed to me? Sorry, I got a little feisty. But that veil is ripped. 
That veil is ripped. That's why we have access to his presence. But we, in our humanness, we start putting the veil up. We put a veil up. We put it up with what? Our to-do list, our worries, our insecurities, our problems, and suddenly that veil has to be all ripped back down again because of our own thoughts, worries, and actions. I would encourage you, please enter in. And you have to enter in. It takes, I might be crazy, but I think it takes a physical movement. It takes some action. That night, I found myself moving. I didn't want to be there. But sometimes you got to move and do it anyway. And he will meet you. He promises to. He's waiting to for you. Just like we want to be and take care of our own kids, he does that too. He wants to take care of us. We want to take our kids' burdens, right? Those of you who have kids, we wish we could take them all, make them our own, but we can't. He's just waiting. So press in. You won't be disappointed. That was good, Pastor Angie. I was worshiping right as she was singing out. Thank you, Jesus. Well, for those of you who don't know, um, I've been in quite the season. Sorry, I'm pulling up my thing here. I've been quite the season for the past several years, and um, it's led to some, some needing to get some mental, emotional, spiritual, all the healing, (laughs) all the healing. And so for the past um, several months, I've just been in a place of healing, and I've had to step back in a lot of ways, and I've had to just rest, which if you know me, I am, I'm going to run, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to do, so rest is not something that comes easy. And so it's funny, because, um, you know, my, my daughter Anna broke her elbow a couple weeks back, and they had to put it in the cast, right? And she's going around in her arms like this, precious little thing. All that she does, her arm is always like this. And so I was in that place of my arm, you know, myself being like her arm, just like this, wrapped up in that cast, right? And so I've been in this season, and, and it's been so good, because God's been ministering to me and pulling things out that I thought I had dealt with, but I didn't know that I hadn't dealt with all the way. And so I've been healing, but I've also been in this place of I can, I can barely get past the day. I can, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting through where I'm at. You know, I could get up. There were days where I couldn't get up and I couldn't get out of bed. But there were days that most days I could get up and I could just think about, okay, I'm going to do what's right in front of me. I'm going to do what's right in front of me and I can get through that. And so I found myself over the last couple weeks, frustrated, because I'm like, God, that's not how you've made me. That's not who I'm meant to be. That's not the life that you have promised me. You've promised me abundance. You've promised me abundance, and I'm living day to day, looking down at my feet, just trying to get through the day. I can't do anything more than what's in front of me, right? And so I found myself driving on Thursday night, yelling in the car, praying out, and seeking after God like I haven't in a long time, because I was like, God, I'm not okay staying in this place. I know that I needed to stop. I needed the cast. 
right? I needed to immobilize some things so that you could come in and heal, but I'm not okay staying there, and I'm not okay living there. That's not my life. I need you to come and to break through. I need you to come and to break through in my life. And so it was this switch. And I'll echo what Pastor Angie said, because it was, you know, we, I think some of us think, and I, I'm guilty of it myself, that, okay, I'll come to church, and then I'll get revved up, right? And someone will rev me up, and I'll get real good. And then that'll be it. But you've got to seek him for yourself. You've got to go. You've got to start saying, God, I need you more. God, I'm not okay with where I'm at. God, I don't want to live with yesterday. I want what you have for me, and you have abundance. Abundant blessings. Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you could ask or even seek. That is the life that he has for you. That is the life that he has for you. And so some of you guys are, are familiar with uh, Dr. Egan. He's come a few times. He's in, in Tanzania and Africa, and we love him. But he wrote this book about the eagle and the chicken. And so as, as I'm interceding, as I'm going through this weekend, God just brought this, this uh, book back to me. And I'm going to read a couple sections. It says, you decide for yourself whether you want to be an ordinary and mediocre human like a little chicken who walks around and only scratches the ground around his feet. He is nearsighted, and he doesn't think of the future, and he only moves in his own small and limited circle to find just enough food for himself. Or on the flip side, my Bible says in Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and they will not grow weary. They will walk and they will not be faint. And Psalm 103 says, the Lord satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So become like an eagle. This is Dr. Egan. Become like an eagle who with power and glory spreads his wings and is carried by the Spirit of God high above the petty things of life. Then you become a help and a blessing to your fellow human beings as well as a worthy representative of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, your Savior and Lord. And so I began to picture this, and I'm like, God, you've promised me that I can soar on wings like eagles, that I will run and not grow weary, that I will walk and not grow faint. Because I was in a season where it was a lot for me to just get up and get ready and get out the door. And I get it, I've got five kids, but come on. I can, I can get out the door and I can live a life of abundance because Christ has promised it to me. I don't have to live on the excuses of, oh, life is too much. I don't have to live there. He's going to come. He's going to allow you to run. 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 And you're not going to grow weary because you're not going on your own strength. You're going on his strength. You're going to walk out the calling. Walk out your life of faith and you won't faint because he's right there. He's gone before you. He is beside you. He is inside you. He is behind you. He is all around you. He is all around you. 
And so I was, I was so encouraged. And my, my scripture for the weekend, it says in Psalm 24, so wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your head, you doorways of eternity. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. That's for you. That's a promise in the Bible for you. He's about to come through you. You ask, who is this king of glory? Yahweh, he is armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. That is the king of glory who's coming through you. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes, the king of glory is ready to come in. You ask, who is that king of glory? He is Yahweh. He is armed and ready for every battle that you're going to face. He is the mighty one. He is the invincible commander of heaven's hosts. He is the king of glory. I'm hoping my hand's shaking is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, it was an incredible weekend. Um, just the presence of God was so strong there uh, the entire weekend. And it was something that I truly needed. Before um, Pastor Heather had asked if I'm feeling uncomfortable, like on, uh, I think it was Friday morning, and I told her I was uncomfortable as my car was leaving the driveway on Thursday night. So, because um, I was dealing with some stuff. Sometimes the Lord will take you where you've gone through a season. And he, in his precious love and his strength, he gets you through a season. But there's a piece of you that wants to hang on because you're afraid where he's going to take you and you're afraid what's not going to come with you. And a lot of times when you're in a season, he plucks people out of your life. And he puts new ones in. Like he plucked me out of Painesville. And he moved me into Akron. He plucked certain people out of my life, but he put new people in. And he's trying to move me into a new season. But I was getting stuck. And that was a word that several of us use this weekend, is being stuck. And the Lord told me as I was heading out of October through last year into uh, end of December that my verse for this year of 2023 was to be still and know that I am God. And that's not me because I feel like I need to be strong so it's doing. I gotta do, I gotta pray more, gotta worship more, I gotta do more, and it'll shift. And things went kind of haywire in October through January, um, where I started having uh, different PTSD symptoms coming back and had to jump back into counseling. And he said, be still and know that I am God. And he brought me to this book, Watchman Nee. And he said, so often as believers, we think we're supposed to do for the Lord. But in Watchman Nee, he said it's called this, sit, stand, walk. And so he told me, you're in a place of sitting with me. And I was already seeking the Lord. I had been seeking him nonstop since 2007. But see, I was seeking and doing, seeking and doing. 
but it's sit. And be still means I had to be weak. And that wasn't me, because I thought I had to be strong. I had to pray nonstop for my children, for my lost loved ones. Only me and my sister are saved out of my entire family. My two sons have walked away from the Lord. So I sat in a striving and striving, and it takes a toll on you. And he says, you're striving, but I'm trying to move you into this new season of the more there is more. But the enemy will keep saying, you need to be right here doing. But it's sit, stand, walk. So he was, spoke to me in 2020 about something he wanted me to be involved in. And I registered the name with the state of Ohio. And it just sat there. Because it's so bigger than me. And I didn't know how to move into this new season that he's moving in, me into. Because I'm like, Lord, what about my boys? And I am here to tell every single one of you the incredible, incredible and I can't say it enough, incredible the love that he has for us. And when Pastor Zach said that he told the one gentleman, the tears are bottled up, he literally does, and he uses it to give you a garden to flourish in. I never thought I could flourish, but I was planted in this body, in this river that flows out of that door. I remember when Egan was here, or no, it was when we were doing the prayer tunnel, I had this picture that just came up of water coming through that door, swirling all the way around and just going through in a circle over and over. I'd never seen it. But he planted me here. So when I was leaving this weekend, I said, Lord, I need you to meet me in a new way. And we get there, and I'm uh, following Carmen, just happenstancely, and we check in, and uh, the lady at the desk goes, well, this room is already taken by a certain guest. And I said, well, I don't want to take that. So they're all in the the B section, and she moves me all the way across to A. I'm nowhere near the ladies. And I was already mad at God, because I'm like, (laughs) how long do I have to sit and wait and be weak? because it's not me. And so when I went there, I, I was like, what are you doing, Lord? Is it because I said I'm not sure I really want to come, so you figure you'd just drop me off on this side and be over away from them? And I was frustrated, and I, and I knew in my spirit he was trying to tell me something. Because this week when I left on a Wednesday, I said, Lord, I wish I would have had back when my children were little what you have blessed me with now, which is the oil, his presence. I didn't have that. And I was still arguing with him, like, what are you trying to tell me? In that morning, on Friday morning, my son's name, out of any place we could have stayed, any room I could have stayed in, my son, who means the world to me, who I've only seen in four, year, four times in four years because of craziness of a divorce that was finished. It took four years to get through the divorce. But I've only seen him four times in four years. But his name, Alex, was carved in that end table. I didn't understand what it meant. I ran and got Carmen. After breakfast, I said, Carmen, you've got to come see this. I said, look it. My son's name is carved there. And she goes, maybe we should be interceding for him. I'm like, yeah, I'm praying for him all the time, but yeah, I better pray for him some more. I didn't understand and all day I'm like, Lord, it was Friday. What are you saying? 
Friday night, Pastor Heather said something to Pastor Angie. Pastor Angie, the Lord has your daughter, Autumn. And immediately, I knew what he was saying. He was telling me, don't hold on to that old season. I have your son, Alex. I am here to tell you that you don't have to travel far. He has every one of you, every one of your children. But you have to get to a place where you let him be strong for you. And I knew what he was telling me. Because the hardest part of moving into a new season is, are my sons coming with me? And I pray all the time that my sons will come here and that they'll have a new life planted. But that was the hardest thing. And the Lord told me through Pastor Heather, he's saying I don't have to be strong anymore. And I just finally fell apart and could grieve that peace of the old season. And Jesus, the perfect comforter, came in. And through the special ladies that came and prayed with me, I could finally close and put the blood of Jesus over that door of the old season and say, Lord, I'm okay now moving into the new season. And now I'm okay that as he moves me from sitting, I go to standing and standing right next to him. And then he'll tell me when to start walking and running. But it'll be walking and running with all of you. So I thank the Lord that he has moved me somewhere where I never thought I could be. I never thought, and I don't know how I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. Because I was mad at him at Christmas time too. And I said, Lord, I need a word from your word. I don't want a word from anybody else. I need a word from your word that this is what you're telling me to do because it makes no sense. And he gave me Isaiah 58, 10 through 12. And so that was the word he gave me. So as of this year, I have started a nonprofit called Winds of Destiny. And so that is my new season of working with women and children. We had us a good old time. The testimonies just keep coming. We stayed in it till 2 o'clock, from 10 a.m. till 2 o'clock, with just testimonies and prayer and his presence. It was amazing. But um, one thing that I want to point out before I hand it back over to Pastor is from Mike sharing to Pastor Brandon sharing to the testimonies and things that Pastor was sharing to Pastor Angie's testimony Pastor Grace's testimony and Carol's testimony. It was all about his presence. It was all about him. And we need to study. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to worship. That's all part of our journey. But Hebrews 4.11, and there's some, somebody that just got irritated by that, and I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit loves you so much that regardless of your stubbornness, you're hearing it again. And I'm closing my eyes so that no one thinks I'm talking to them. 
The Holy Spirit and you are having a battle right now. Our Christianity is bigger than us. Revival has nothing to do with us. It is the power of God. It is the very presence of heaven come down to earth. Our responsibility as believers is to press into him. The veil was torn so that we have access into him, not access into rules, not access into which doctrine is more important, not access into I can pray better than you. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares who's the best preacher or the best singer or the best guitarist? Who cares? It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And when I look across the room, there's Jesus in every single one of us. And as you and I tap in to his presence, all the things burst out. All the expressions of God burst out. We're created in his image. And it begins to shine forth and flourish in all sorts of gifts and talents and abilities. All sorts of revelation. But it comes and is centered in him. Hebrews 4.11 says, Therefore, be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fail, according to the example of disobedience. God himself created the world and rested. Our responsibility as believers is to strive or to be diligent to enter into his rest. That we're to strive to enter into the place of his presence beyond what we want, beyond what we think, beyond our own expectations, but until we actually get into the presence of God. And everything, everything else is silenced. Everything else comes secondary. And that word strive means to exert oneself, to make every single effort, to give diligence, to make haste, to be zealous, to strain every nerve. That's like that kid on the stool to getting in the cookie jar. And they're going to do everything they can to get to the cookie jar. That's like striving to eat that massive dessert they brought to you at the restaurant, and you're like, man, I don't have any room for this, but I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> How much more are we straining every nerve to enter into the presence of God? To, it combines both thinking and acting. I love this. It, it's both planning and producing. So it goes beyond knowing we're supposed to enter in. It goes beyond knowing worship's a good thing for me. It goes beyond knowing, mm, I probably should go on that retreat, but man, God knows I've got stuff to take care of. No, it is a planning and a producing. It's a taking action. We purpose as a pastoral team, our responsibility. We're to preach, we're to, we're to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We do a good job, good job, honey. But, but y'all know us, and besides teaching and training and teaching and training and preaching, we create a 
an atmosphere. We plan. That's why we, we have the structure that we do to create an atmosphere for Jesus to reign. That we can come here together and yes, we link arms and arm together, but so that each one can encounter him. And then it's, we create the atmosphere, we plan it, so there can be a producing that comes. And then our individual responsibility, ours too, for myself, for himself, is that we come in this building and we purpose to put everything else aside and encounter him. Put everything else aside, and I'm going to press in until I get what I came for. Until I get what I came for. You know, we had that Holy Ghost time. We had so much Holy Ghost. The whole thing was Holy Ghost time. So if you didn't come, you're coming next year. Just make plans now. And the men, the men are doing a retreat this year. Make plans now. Start saving your pennies. Everybody got to go. Because we get changed. We're never the same. And it's a safe place. So in the middle of the Holy Ghost, one of the Holy Ghost rallies, I'm like, okay. I mean, everybody's like, we, it's, a, it's a hot mess. They got fish flopping all over the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, guys, did anybody, did everybody get what you came for? Because if you didn't get what you came for, now's your moment. And one person raised their hand. And as soon as she raised her hand, she starts bawling. She's like, I don't know why I'm bawling, except that I'm, I don't know why I'm raising my hand, except that I'm bawling, so I must need something else. We don't even have to know that we, what we need, but just that there's an itching. And the awesome thing was she, we, I mean, she, everybody rallies around her, her daughter lays in her lap, and we start praying, and next thing you know, God starts prophesying things out of me. If y'all know Greta Workman, this word does not make sense. Right? And May's laying in her lap, and it's generations, generations, and generations. And next thing you know, he's saying how she served her family well. Miss Greta is the best. And she serves everybody well. But her season of serving is over. Because the Lord says that it's her time to step into leading her family. That she's going to lead her family. That there's a switch taking place. And that she's going to step from leading, and she's preparing her family to just fall in sync. They're not even going to question the change in her. She's going to start leading her family, and she's going to walk and do it boldly and with confidence. And she's been out of town for like eight weeks. She comes in town just in enough time to leave with us. And three weeks ago, the Lord was messing with her and gave her three words. And she'd been meditating on them. And the first two words, she was like, yeah, Lord, I get it. But the third word was bold. And she says, I don't understand this one because it don't fit my life. But because in the last minute, right, in the last opportunity, did you get what you came for? She was just bold enough to say, I don't even understand it, but I need something. And God was able to come and meet her right where she was. And so you might be sitting here today going, that's all good and dandy for you guys. But your moment is still to be had in his presence. You plan to be here? Take some action and allow the pr produce, the fruit, to come.
Well, if you have your Bibles, you can go to... I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, we've, uh, we've, we've had some preaching this morning. Amen? I, I want to sum up what we've just heard. I was, I, was, I was writing, I was going through, and I was writing down everything that was said and the highlights of what was said. God's pouring out His Spirit in vision, signs, and wonders, and miracles. You need to expect and anticipate God to move in your life. And when you expect and anticipate Him to move, you're going to press in. You're going to be active. Pastor Angie talked about activating. You might even need to move. You might need to get physical. And um, you need to press in, Pastor Grace, for your breakthrough. Lay hold of. Take hold of. Don't be an ordinary, mediocre chicken. you got to be an eagle. <laughs> You gotta run. You gotta wake up. You gotta lift up. The King of Glory is about to come in through you. You need to you need to allow him to come through you and wake up. Wake up. Wake up, O oh sleeper. Wake up. Yeah. Because breakthrough's coming. You need to move into your new season. Close the old Carol. Close the old season and move into the new season. And, and don't strive, don't work against the Lord, but enter in, strive to enter in to His rest. It's not inactivity, but it's purposeful activity. It's pressing in, engaging with God. I, we just had a whole message. If you didn't get something, you weren't paying attention, or you're spiritually dead. You can figure out where you are. That's that. Carol, <laughs> when you said that, I thought the Lord reminded me of Isaiah that says he's engraved you on the palm of his hands. He's engraved your name on the palm of his hands. He's engraved Alex's name. Your walls, his walls are ever before him. And he's engraved him on the palm of his hands.